Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. All right, I'm turning your attention to Judges chapter 4. Judges chapter 4. I'm glad to get to preach about this, this lady, this prophetess a little bit here this morning. We're living in a world that has a very mixed up view of, uh, you know, trying to turn ladies into men and men into ladies and and taking the masculinity away from men and the femininity away from, from ladies. And I'm sorry, I just, it's just not scriptural. It's just not in the Bible. Um, but there's this incredible, incredible lady in the Old Testament here in Judges 4 that is a part of our assignment. In fact, there's several major players today. But I want to start reading at verse 4. Judges chapter 4 and verse 4. And Deborah, prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, she, she judged at Israel at that time, and she dwelt there under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel and Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Watch this, this is really important, verse six. She sent and called Barak, the son of Abinoam, out of Kadesh Naphtali and said unto him, she asked this question. A lot of people would say that she gave him direction, but really what she does is affirm through a question. Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, go and draw toward Mount Tabor and take with thee 10,000 men of the children of Naphtali and the children of Zebulun. And I'll draw unto thee to the river Kishon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. And Barak or Barak, however you choose to say it, said, if, if thou wilt go with me, then I'll go. But if thou will not go with me, then I will not go. I want to pause here and I want to say, that's typically how we read it. I want to tell you how I kind of hear it. If you'll go, if I'll go if you'll go. You ever been there? It's real easy to read it. If thou wilt go with me, I will. I think it was more like, I ain't going if you ain't going. <laughs> Are we going to that party tonight? I ain't going if you ain't going. Are we going to that celebration? You going? I ain't going if you ain't going. That's what's happening right here. And she looked back at him and she says kind of this puzzling statement. She's like, that's fine, but the credit's going to go to a girl. That's not the KJV, that's the JBC. But, but that's what it says, delivered in the hand of a woman. And the reader thinks that, the reader thinks you're reading about Deborah. But it's not even about Deborah. Some of you already know the story. But he wasn't worried about him getting the credit. Listen, this is the thing before we pray. He wasn't worried about him getting the credit. He wasn't worried about her getting the credit. 
He just wanted the enemy of God's people to be stopped. And when you don't care who gets the credit as long as God's will gets done, it's amazing what can happen. How many would say we don't need the credit? Let God get all the credit. Let God get all the glory. I want you to hear me before we even pray. It is God's will that your enemies be silenced. Yes, it is. It's God's will that sickness that is perplexing your mind be silenced. That difficulty that keeps destroying your family, be silenced. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost already. That division between you and your spouse that you know is a spiritual attack. It's God's will. And it's not about you getting the credit. It's not about me getting the credit. It's about God getting the glory. I want to preach for a little while on this. And I hope I can hold your attention for a few minutes because I want to preach. I'm just going to call this plot twist. Okay? Plot twist. If you're, uh, if you're one of those people that likes to read mysteries, then maybe I've got you. If, if you're more of a listen to mysteries, then hopefully you can listen to me for a few minutes. But I think God is going to do something mighty in this house today. Pray with me, Lord. We love you. We thank you for our time together. I'm, I'm asking that you would just let the Holy Ghost direct us in everything that's said, everything that is done, that you would bless uh, this body our time in your word, it's so important. It's so necessary. So I'm asking that you would help us here. We're asking it all together and in agreement in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. One of the things I love about Sunday mornings is pretty much, for the most part, we're just talking adult to adult. Kids are in classes. Sometimes I, I leave topics just for this morning when it's mainly just us adults. Now, uh, it, it, we, we're cautious in everything we say and do, and we try to use wisdom. Um, but sometimes Sunday mornings, as kids enter at their own risk, as we're talking about adult topics. One of the reasons I love this is we're just a little bit older. Uh, we're aging a little bit. But all of us that are here in this room today, it's amazing how quickly we can feel in our mind like we're younger. Yeah. Yeah. How many know it's just a mental feeling, not a body feeling? If you think you really are still that young, try to do something you could do then. But I grew up with two siblings. I have an older brother and an older sister. Yes, I am the baby of the family. Yeah, it's obvious to some. I go ahead. My wife loves birth order, and she loves to talk about, we barely get in a conversation with people, and she'll say, oh, so you, are you the middle? Are you the middle child? Mm, mm. You know, wives, how you can sometimes, mm, mm. There's a lot in, mm, mm. There's a lot in that. Don't do that. We know what you mean. I was the baby. I was the youngest. But there were two of us boys and one girl. And, and that, that girl, my sister, who's a couple of years older than me, just right under two years older than me, Brother Gallion, when it came time for WrestleMania, we didn't care that she was a girl. She was a smart aleck and she had it coming. <laughs> When I was coming off the top turnbuckle of the couch, I didn't care. She had it coming. 
She wanted to get in the mix. I see this with my own daughter at times, getting in the mix with the boys. In our family now, we have three boys and the one girl, and I can see it at times when I'm like, you better not push her too far. We could wear my sister out. We would, and, and she did. She, she had it coming, or so we thought. You know, We were just young and, and teenagers, and we still joke about this now, all older, having families and children of our own. We tease about this. But there was this thing about my, my sister. I've, I've probably talked about this before, but I couldn't get it out of my mind when I was looking at this, at this story. There, there was, this, there was this, this thing about my sister. There was like this line. Brother, Brother Brown, there's this, there's this line that you knew when you crossed it. Carson, it, it was this. She had this face she made. When her bottom lip went under her teeth. Some of you in here, you're lip biters. You know what I'm talking about. When you go there, it's not really you. It's something. And I didn't even know she had nails until... Yeah, I feel it right now. I'm taking a trip down memory lane. I can remember us wrestling her and, and thinking, that's it off the top buckle. I can remember hitting her too hard one time as a kid. And out of nowhere, I looked and out of the corner of my eye, we were all playing, thought we were playing. How many know that one person that could never play, never wrestle without getting mad? For some of you, you don't remember because it was you. It was you. You don't remember. You went red. I can still remember catching her eye, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw it. She watches this, so she's going to be mad, but, you know, she lives in St. Louis. So anyway, I, she biked that lip, and here it came, and it was all gloves off. Nails. Girls, that is an unfair advantage. Demeanor, demeanor completely changed. You know what she was doing? She was dealing with ignorant brothers that wouldn't leave her alone. She had to defend herself somehow. She had to fight for it. Now, we know, everybody in this room, you understand this, but I want to make this very clear. From judges in the Old Testament to the Gospels in the New Testament to 2023 in the modern day church, Every now and then, there has to be some righteous tenacity, if you will. Kind of some righteous indignation that gets a little bit like my sister Jenny when we were kids that says, all right, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Now, I didn't like it when I was on the ferocious end of that, but I have found spiritually that when we will say, okay, I've played with this long enough. She didn't want to wrestle. We drug her into this. <laughs> we wanted somebody to body slam. Can I tell you most of us, you talked about it when you were praying, not knowing what I was preaching. We did get ourselves into it, but the enemy of your soul has egged you into this. The same psalmist said he laid it as a snare before you. He's done everything he could to trip you up, but I've come to tell you in, the, in this church, 
on this rainy morning that you have the ability to say, wait a minute, enough is enough. We have an incredible story and it's with a woman who goes, Barak, Brock, come here. Hasn't the Lord been talking to you? Me preacher pause and ask that question across this room because I bet it would set on the spirits of hundreds of people in this place. Hasn't the Lord been saying the enemy ought to be silenced? Hasn't the Lord been calling you to do more? I would venture to say that you could get right in line with this warrior in Judges 4 and say, you know what? The Lord has been telling me. She said, hasn't the Lord been talking to you? Hasn't the Lord been calling? And Sisera himself will be silenced. First major player I want to talk about here today is a guy by the name of Jabin. Everybody say Jabin. We did a series here a while back on the northern and the southern kingdoms, and we talked about kings. You've got this king by the name of Jabin. They're going to show some clip art. Just go with me here today. But Jabin is our first major player. Jabin is wreaking havoc upon the people of God. It's absolute terror. Absolute terror. The people are oppressed. The people are overwhelmed. Brother Marcus, the people are destroyed. Wives have been taken. Gods have been introduced. There's idolatry and wickedness. But it's not just the pushing of agenda. It is the destroying of people. It is a time and it is a season with the Canaanites where if you don't get in line, you die. If you don't go with the flow, you die. You can do one of two things. You can either give in and you can become a slave and a servant and serve our gods or you can die. There were, there were no in-between options here. And King Jabin has a second major player. If you'll throw his picture on the screen, this beautiful retro clip art, his name is Sisera. Everybody say Sisera. This is the player. This is the, I'm trying to take you back. I started with the storybook. I'm trying to take you back to felt boards and Sunday school rooms and the early clip art ties. Come on, just imagine you're drinking punch and eating an animal cracker. What? Come on, remember walking out of Sunday school with a nice red? Those were the good days. And Jabin was the player for King Jabin. Sisera is the player for King Jabin. He is the one that is doing the follow through. He's the hitman, if you will. He's the chief. He's the, he's the one that's doing the fighting. He's the one that's doing the killing. He's the one that's doing the destroying. Jabin might be getting the credit, but Sisera is leading for the dirty work. He is making the deaths occur. He is leading the armies into battle. And if you do a look at the scripture and a study of the history, they have so many chariots it's overwhelming. These, these metal chariots and all of the, the warfare of the time when they would roll in upon a city that they were about to take over or a people that they were about to overwhelm. Sheerly the sight of their armies alone and the vast amount of the chariots that were rolling into the, into the new landscape. It was, it was fall after fall. It was submission after submission as Sisera would go in and a bloodthirsty mob of soldiers 
soldiers would kill a new group of people and take a new city hostage. It was destruction and it was, it was fear and it was trepidation. It was, it was overwhelming and King Jabin was getting the credit and Sisera was doing the killing. But there was a woman of God. Her name was Deborah. Oh, Debbie. She's there at the palm. She's there at that place. Pretty good name. Let's just name the tree after her since that's where she's at. She's there and she's seeking God. How many know that even in overwhelming times we can seek God? In fact, I will tell you that certainly there are moments when overwhelming times are the best times to seek God, to get alone and say, wait a minute, doesn't God have more planned for me? Doesn't God have more for his people? Yeah, there's the smell of blood in the air and there's destruction on the horizon, but the same God that is the God of the good days is the same God that is the God of the bad days. He knows exactly where you're at. And the prophetess, not the prophet in this moment, but the prophetess, I want to say something right here. I want to be intentional about this. Women of God, we always have and we always will need you to be tapped in doing the will and the purpose and the kingdom connection that God has called you to. Thank God that Deborah did not let the murmuring and the weariness that Jabin and Sisera were causing to keep her from being the prophetess that God had called her to be. Thank God for this elder prophetess, this, this mother of the king that was there and, and was worshiping and was seeking and had this divine connection. And here she calls Barak, player number four. Player number four shows up on the scene and she looks at him and she says, question for you. Is it true or is it not? Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded saying go and draw toward Mount Tabor and take with thee 10,000 men? I want to remind us of something today. Barak obviously was influential. If you can pull 10,000 men together, you got a little influence. I don't know if it was his, uh, I don't know if it was his personality, if it was his warfare ability, but he was respected enough. Here's what Deborah had to do. Deborah had to remind him who he was and who God had called him to be. Anybody besides me ever had to be there? I can remember some moments. Listen, I, I, I had a praying grandma. And I can remember some moments where grandma just had to give me one of those looks and one of those little talks. She would encourage me in the Lord. I remember my grandmother before she passed calling me. In. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. If you ever think I, I don't do good preaching, you're probably right. But my grandma was, was completely assured I never preached a bad message in my life. Whenever she heard me preach, she'd walk in like this. Brother Stephen, she, ooh, what, I just, wow. I just never heard, ooh. Mm, mm. That was so good. Baby, that was, mm. And you need people like that in your life. It was probably the most simple 
But I tell you what it was. It was that woman in my, it was that, it was that elder in my life that was saying, you got this. You got this. And I want to tell some people in this room this morning, maybe you forgot, but you got this. You, you got this. You think, well, I don't have a Deborah in your life. Well, you do have a mother that is called the church, and we want you to be reminded, you got this. The Lord didn't call you here to let everybody die and let your family be lost and let your mind be wrecked and let your spirit be depleted. He didn't bring you here for you to stay here, but the Lord wants you to know he is on your side. He is on your side. He will fight with you. Everybody, everybody elbow your neighbor and tell them, you can do this. Thank God for people that will encourage. Listen, I don't like discouragers. I like encouragers. That was a weak applause. I'm going to say it again. I don't like discouragers. We got too many people pointing out what people do wrong. Let's point out what people can do right. You can live for God. You can be victorious. Your family can be saved. You can be a man of God. You can be a woman of God. I'm going to speak it on a Sunday morning. We can reach this city. We can have revival. We can destroy the enemy. We can dance until he's defeated. We can pray until the cancer's gone. We can worship until the encouragement is here. Our men, Brother Titus, can have revival. Our women can have a move of We're going to honor our graduates tonight. And they are living in the most impure world and impure season in history. But I'm going to tell you what. Our kids can live for God. Our children can be victorious. I'm going to need more help or I'm not even going anywhere right now. Your children can be saved. Your bachelor daughter can come home. I don't care what Jabin said. I don't care what Sisera said. I'm telling you I got a word from God. It can happen. Amen. And she said, Barak, didn't, didn't God command this? Huh. Didn't the Lord say it? So you need to do what the Lord said. Now, calling on the crowd. Who knows that's easier said than done. We're going to do what the Lord said. Yes. Until we got to do it. I can see Barak here. He you got this. You can do this. The Lord said, yeah, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Gets through the whole speech. Gets him encouraged. Gets him excited. Ready? If you go. <laughs> what? We did the whole God said thing. Yeah. Fight with me. Imagine telling that woman, I'll go if you go. I'll go if you go. How many know when it comes to the church, you're not supposed to go alone? 
You're not supposed to fight this fight alone. You're not supposed to go after this battle by yourself. In fact, I would, in, I would tell you this morning, if you don't have some prayer warriors in your corner, you need to recruit some prayer warriors into your corner. You need to get some men and women of God that will get around you. I'm telling you, we could do great disruption to the adversary if we would get together, link together, and bind our arms together and say, if you come after them, you're coming after me. If you come after him, you're... Come on, that old fight that says, if you want this minister, Brother Marcus, you want Brother Marcus, you gotta fight me to get to Brother Marcus. You want Brother Mac, you gotta fight me to get to Brother... If we bound together. Deborah, I'm not going unless you go. Not without you. Not without you. She's like, all right, credit's gonna go to a girl. <laughs> you know what I do? I do what every man in my situation would do when my sister. I do what every wise man in my situation would do. I say, Mom! Mom, she don't have no evidence. I got scratches. I got claw. You know what we need to do? We need to call across the aisle to each other. Boy, I can't get off this for a second. We need to call across the aisle. Brother Henderson, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on record in front of everybody. I don't want to do this without you. I don't want. Hmm. Brother Fridley, I'm okay if everybody hears me. I don't want to fight this fight without you. Brother Martin, Brother Myers, I'm, I, I don't, I want you to hear me in front of everybody. Well, you ought to be a strong person in God. I am, I'm strong enough to say. I don't want to do this by myself. Brother Gwaltney, I wouldn't embarrass him for nothing, but went through that wreck. Wasn't it nice to know as soon as you were in that wreck, boy, I'm telling you, prayer spread like wildfire moving across that. The prayers of that wife, the prayers of that Family, the but spread across the church family and people got to praying, people binding together and working together. Isn't it amazing? Brother Honeycutt, now listen, I'm just gonna tell everybody, you're a big guy, so this works out fine. I don't, I would like to not have to fight without you helping me. Ready? Watch this though. I'd like to not fight without you. Sister Senior, I know some people don't understand this because you think, well, she's just a sweet lady. Ain't real big in stature. Here's what I found out. If she's fighting with me. <laughs> for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strong. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. And, oh, come on, somebody in this house. You don't have to fight by yourself. I don't have to fight by myself. Barrick doesn't have to fight without Deborah, and Deborah doesn't need to fight without. We're gonna get in this together and let the enemy that's told us we couldn't be victorious, let him be served notice. We're coming. We're on our way. As you're seated, tell somebody, credit's going to a girl. That's a terrible line. That's a, ter that's a terrible line if you're, if you're here. 
And listen to me. If you got an ego problem, you can't handle it. I'm too macho for that. Well, if you know me, I want men to act like men and to be macho. But when it comes to this spiritual stuff, these ladies got something. <laughs> they do. When we think of fighting men, what do we think of? Like, let's go, okay, let's go, let's go. And ladies are like, Ooh! And you know what? We need both. Listen, we need women interceding. And according to that text, we need men lifting up holy hands. Oh, I'm going to get after it right now. We need women praying and women dancing, but we need men that don't sit like a bump on a log, but come in and lift up holy hands and say, we're going to win this battle. We're going to win this spiritual battle. Not just the women, not just the men, but the entire body. Jabin, Sisera, if you want to fight, you're not fighting one of us. You're fighting all of us. You're fighting. We're going to Naphtali. We're going to Zebulun. We're coming 10,000 strong. Watch this. I love this. Um, they got all those chariots. Remember that? Sisera, Jabin, they got all these chariots. There's some, there, there's some scholars that have had fun with the change of the terrain. When Sisera comes with the intimidation of all those chariots, he starts dragging them up into the hill country. And scholars that have looked and studied where the war was going to be fought said the chariots looked intimidating, but they could not maneuver in this place of war. You got chariots being pulled up into the hills. And while they did good in the valley of oppression, they could not fight well. I'm going to tell you what. If we go down to where the devil is wreaking havoc and we try to fight him in his valley, we can't. We're going to be overwhelmed and it's going to be intimidating. But if we remember, we do our best warfare in prayer. We do our best. We do our best fighting when we get in the spirit. If you're going to destroy us, you're going to have to get into the high hills of prayer. Look unto the hills where... From which cometh thy help, thy help comes from the Lord. I know there are chariots of intimidation. There is sickness and there is oppression and there is financial difficulty. I understand that there are doctors report and there are staggering issues. But I've got news for you. Jabin and Sisera do not look as intimidating when they're having to park their chariots and get out and begin to look like mortal men and having to look like the normal army that they are when all of a sudden the playing field gets leveled and all of a sudden that which was against you, you find out is not as powerful as it wanted you to believe. I'm going to fall back on this old scripture today. Greater is he that is in me. Than who? Than who? Than he that's in. I wish somebody would point to your, yourself and say greater is he that's in me. Than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the I want to quote it till everybody in the building says it. Put your phone down and say it. You need it right now. Greater is he that's in me. My marriage can't do it without him. My kids ain't gonna make it without him. My job isn't gonna make it without him. But if I get the Lord, if I get the Lord on my side, greater is he that's in me. I'm telling you, Sisera wasn't ready. 
They've been dominating everyone. I'm, I'm almost done. Get ready. <laughs> They've been killing everybody. Here they show up. Here they walk on the scene. And now, sister is trying to figure out what's happening. We got people dying. I thought they were weak and we were strong. Difference is, you want to be in the fight that God is blessing. <laughs> I want to be. How many know we're going to be in a fight one way or the other? We're going to be in a spiritual fight. Last thing you want to do is be in a spiritual fight without the Lord. That's how he gobble up your family. Yeah, the adversary will gobble you up. But all of a sudden, they're having incredible victory. And Sisera is getting overwhelmed and is put to flight. He runs away. Starts trying to get out of there. Here, here's, here's where it is. I want you to go back to your Bible, Judges 4. Judges 4. I'm going to quit quickly. But I can't quit until I preach the whole purpose I came to preach. Judges 4.22. And behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, J.L. came out to meet him. <laughs> Good old J.L. And said, hey, come here, I want to show you a man whom you're looking for. And when he came into her tent, Sisera lay dead. Everybody say dead. D-E-D. -E -D. He dead. And the nail, now listen, this is gruesome. This is graphic. This is the kind of thing you're going to watch on Crime Investigator. The nail was where? When Deborah had, had told Barrett, she said, listen, a girl's going to get the credit for this. He was thinking it's the prophetess. It's that great woman of God. He didn't know it was just going to be some regular old housewife. Just some old woman in her house that saw Sisera coming and made up her mind enough is enough. Some little old mother who'd been scooting around the house just sweeping her place. Frustrated about the allegiance. You gotta, we won't take a ton of time here, but I do want to remind you what's going on here. She's married to a guy who's in allegiance with Jabin. Not in allegiance with Jabin because he's seeking after it. It's an allegiance that he's forced into because of intimidation. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not careful, intimidation will try to force you into allegiances you don't want and you don't need. People that don't have your best intentions at mind. And when her son is forced into this alliance or this allegiance here with Jabin, what else is he going to say? No, I don't want to be in allegiance with you. And then everybody dies. JL gets her throat cut. It's a graphic time. It's a weird time in judge. It's a, it's a tough time in the kingdoms. It's a rough area. And so you got a wife whose husband is forced into an allegiance and, and, is, and is connected to this guy. I'm going to tell you right now. Whew, man, I this, this mother, this wife, this, 
this, this, what I would call this JL that is a godly JL fed up with what she's dealing with and the allegiance that has tried to take a hold of her home. Connected to things she doesn't want to be connected to. Ruled by things she doesn't want rule in her home. What is she ever going to be able to do to get any kind of victory? I don't want this in my home, but I don't know what to do. I don't, and she's, she is fed up with this allegiance. She is absolutely distraught with this alliance. And one day during the middle of the war, who comes walking up to her? He's exhausted. He's exhausted. Sisera, the old bloodthirsty leader himself, shows up to her place and she says, Hey, come on in. Come on. You look tired. I got a great spot for you. And he is banking on the allegiance. Sisera is banking on the allegiance between Jabin and her husband. But there was a wife that was fed up. Boy, she was done. She wasn't done with Heber. She wasn't done with her husband. She wasn't done. No, no, no. She was done with this oppression. She was done with this unrighteous rule. She was done with the bloodshed. She was, she was done. Has anybody besides me ever been there where you're just... I feel like some of you here today, you're, I'm just done. And the enemy's been telling you that you're not going to get... You're not going to be able to really, you can shout a little bit at church, you clap your hands, you sing with the songs, but you're not really going to get this. I'm telling you, Sisera's, Sisera's about to walk into your house, lay down at your lap, put his head. This was a divine setup from God. As sure as Deborah looked at Barak and said, can you handle a woman getting the credit? And Barak said, I don't care who gets the credit, let's go. But you're going with me. And we're only a story short of Sisera walking into the tent of this little housewife and he walks in and he is exhausted. Preacher Paul's because in my time of prayer for this morning, the Lord continued to bring the word exhaustion to me. And I want to remind everybody in this place, you cannot be spiritually strong if you are spiritually exhausted. You cannot be spiritually strong if you are spiritually exhausted. How do we find our rest? He is the rest. He is the rest. If we spend more time on the tube than we do in prayer, if we spend more time on Fox than we do in his presence, we've got to guard where we're at so that our minds are not depleted and our spirits are not drained. Otherwise, we ourselves become exhausted. But for everyone that's ready to be spiritually strong, like a sweet little JL, the fifth player, she's the unlikely. She's the plot twist in this entire thing. She seems like the most unlikely character. But when the devil is, when the devil is chasing you and God is for you, he can use anybody to bring, God, I feel, he can bring anybody, use anybody to bring victory. You might not have the right last name. You might not have the right pedigree in your mind. You might not be a preacher or a singer or a choir member. You might think, well, I'm not even, I don't, I, I'm just, I just show up. There's a lot of power in showing up. Can I tell you something? I'm glad JL was home that day. I'm glad JL was just there. Well, who's JL? Available. She's just an available wife that Sisera shows up knowing he's the guy responsible for everybody dying. Here's my question. 
does the enemy really think he has the right to sleep in your house? Some of you felt that. I'm going to go after it just a little bit more. Isn't it audacious that the enemy is walking into your place, walking into your kids' rooms, walking in? I need somebody to get some righteous indignation to rise up in you like JL and say, okay, go ahead and lay down. We need some people to be revived in the midnight oil kind of prayer that when the enemy thinks they're fine and when the enemy thinks they can slumber, we get up in the midnight oil and begin to plead the blood and pick up the tent stake in prayer and pick up the mallet of intercession and say, you're not gonna destroy my family. You're not gonna destroy my home. You're not gonna keep this terror rising alive. Would you, would you allow me to say here today before we go to him in a concluding prayer, you don't need to be a superstar. You just need to be available. Who is JL? She's enough. That's who she is. Who is JL? Same way that many of you feel as the adversary is working against you. Who am I? I'm going to tell you who you are. You are more than a conqueror. If you'll be in agreement with me for your family, I want you to just, sitting right where you're sitting, would you lift your hands all over this? I want someone to be Empowered prayerfully right now that you are enough. You by yourself would be outnumbered, but you with the help of God, you're enough. Don't let those chariots of intimidation, don't let those voices of the naysayers Don't you be intimidated by those, by those chariots. Don't you be intimidated by those horses. Don't you be intimidated by that in, enemy, an adversary. I feel such a strong call for families this morning, right where you're seated or right where you're standing. I feel such a strong call to tell you you're enough, you're enough, you're enough, you're enough, you're enough. Well, if the preacher would just pray for me, if, if the sister would just come to me, if Deborah would just find me, they might find you, but I'm telling you right now, hasn't God commanded My dear friend, Brother Gibbs is here. Him and his wife, longtime friend. Been there on that mission field with him. Call of God that's on their life. They travel around the country. Sometimes it's been bleak and sometimes it's been dark, but he could tell you story after story after story. And if you trust him, God is enough. I've come to tell somebody, maybe just remind you this morning on this rainy Sunday morning in May, no weapon formed against you 
We need to see the intentionality of that scripture. It was formed and it was formed against you. But no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Stand with me. You may be single. You've been fighting that feeling that you're alone. And I've come on this Sunday morning to tell you, you are not. You may be married to someone who just refuses. You may even be like JL and you're married to someone that's made an allegiance and you wish they would have never made that. And I've come to tell you, your prayers are more powerful than you think. You might be a grandparent in this room. And you hear the hoof prints and the chariots on the hillside. And your mind has been exhausted because of the warfare in your family. And I've come on assignment to tell you on this Sunday morning, God can use you to bring victory in this situation. I want to make a special appeal this morning. I'm calling for JL. I'm calling calling for grandpas. Calling for grandmas calling for aunts and uncles and mothers and fathers, husbands and wives and singles alike. I'm calling for people on this Sunday morning that are saying enough is enough. Enough is enough. And right now you're still not even sure how this ends. but he can put Sisera at your lap. And I know it's graphic in story, but this is warfare. And somebody can take this this tent peg of prayer. Enough is enough. And when Barak comes looking, Barak might have done the chasing, but J.L. did the kill. But at the end of the day, everybody in this room really knows it wasn't Deborah, it wasn't Barak, and it wasn't J.L. But the Lord, the Lord was on their side. If you're in this room today and you're willing, I'm asking some grandpas that maybe don't always come, some grandmas that maybe you don't always come. Not everyone's physically able, but if you're here and you're able and you're, you're willing, I want some that you know there's been, some, there's been some fights against your family or your extended family. Been some fights against living for God or the favor of God. I want you either by yourself or with someone to make your way down to this altar. If you're in the balcony, 
I'm asking you to work towards that center area. Say, well, we don't have to come out of our seats. No, you, you don't have to, but I'm asking for a very clear, defined movement on this Sunday morning from those who will to come and stand. And if you come, come close, please. There's hundreds of people that will try to come. And just come and stand. And in a few moments, we're gonna to go to prayer together, but just come and gather for a moment, if you will. Pastor, what's the difference if we pray at our seat? There's none, it's fine. But I'm just looking for a little recruitment down front. Thank you for coming. I want everybody to hear me as you're coming and those that have already gathered here. I want you to remember with me right now. The war was actually won at home. Please hear me, look at me real quick before we pray collectively. The war was actually won at home. If we're not careful, we think we win the war here. We gotta win it at home. I thank God for what we experience here, but we gotta get prayer into our houses. We gotta destroy the enemy that's attacking and trying to find slumber in our places of residence. It's mainly parents, mainly grandparents in here on this Sunday morning gathered around this room. I'm asking everyone in this building to begin to pray over our homes together. Would you pray the Spirit of God to be in your home? The righteousness of God in your home. Like J.L., that the enemy would be delivered into your hand.